and Family Fire. KXNO AM Des Moines. Time to kickstart the weekend with Saturday morning pregame on 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. 1460 KXNO now on 106.3 FM. My name is Eric Zamora. No Sean Roberts, although we will certainly um, be checking in with uh, what he can update us here on uh, Saturday morning pregame and back in Des Moines, Iowa. He is in Las Vegas for, I believe, a bachelor party, if I uh, understood that uh, correctly. And I will welcome in uh, our producer for uh, today's program, Justin Miller. Justin, is, was that your understanding? Was this bachelor party weekend? Yeah. Okay. So he's going to be he's going to be pretty tired the next time we see him. I well, bet. I will say this: I had a hard time. Uh, falling asleep last night. I ended up uh, falling asleep, waking back up, and then there was some stuff that I wanted to prep right when I got up, and I said, you know what, at this point it's it's uh, more useful of my time to go ahead and get it done now. Took a look uh, across some of the sporting websites and the Twitter machine uh, to see how things were going, and well, let's put it this way. Uh, looks like Sean Roberts' last tweet of the evening came four hours ago. So about 4, four o'clock hour time. So about 2 a.m. his time. That's not too bad. Uh, when he last checked in, Vegas Strip, Hummer Limo, up some cash, DMX blaring, Morale is high with the boys, and uh, we will, uh, like I said, um, if we hear anything else going on, wouldn't be surprised at all if this truly is a Saturday morning pregame uh, for Sean and the guys out in Las Vegas. Um, we will be talking with Michael Russo of The Athletic also uh, formerly of the Star Tribune, and where I know Michael Russo uh, from the most is as a personality up on KFAN. He is a sports guy, but predominantly a hockey guy, and that's where we will be tapping into his expertise uh, this uh, morning as uh, he is a beat writer for the Minnesota Wild. The Minnesota Wild in a... 2-1 hole right now against the Vegas Golden Knights. Nobody really surprised by that result in and of itself. The way they got there, though, uh, was a little bit surprising. They were able to pull off a one nothing overtime victory on the road in Game 1. Since then, things haven't gone well, including uh, blowing a multi-goal lead Thursday night at home against the Golden Knights. So we'll check in with his thoughts on that and also kind of ask some Iowa Wild-related stuff as well. Um, and then Joe Stacy, uh, voice of the Iowa Barnstormers, will kick off next hour. So an hour from now, top of the hour, 9 o'clock, uh, we'll talk uh, all things uh, Barnstormers with him. Uh, for those who don't know, Iowa Barnstormers, their uh, home opener is tonight. They 
do have one game already under their belt, and that was with a big road victory. Now, here's the thing. There's always going to be a lot of unknowns when it comes to um, the Barnstormers and IFL, simply because there's a lot of turnover from year to year. Mm-hmm. Well, specifically with this year, turnover is huge. There was no season last year. Uh, Joe was actually on the road with the guys they they had left for their first game of the season last year, which was a road game. They were out in, I believe it was Oakland. I can I can double check with Joe. I I have a feeling it might have been Seattle, but I, I'm almost positive he was in Oakland last year with the team. They were out there to play, and that's when the world shut down. So not only do you have the typical turnover that you'd have from the Barnstormers, but this year they haven't played in two years, and they've had two coaching changes uh, since then. And in fact, they had a coach who was hired, never ended up coaching a game, has since uh, moved on, took a, a job in the collegiate ranks. Uh, so we'll talk with him uh, next hour. And Jared Stansberry will be joining us later in the program. I want to pick his brain and chat with some Iowa State news in uh, the world of sports, including uh, Jalen Coleman lands transferring to Kansas and this story that Matt Campbell may have been offered over $60 million full control by the Detroit Lions and passed it up. Also want to get his thoughts on the NBA. I was going to say playoffs, but play in tournament which just concluded last night with uh, if you're waking up and didn't stay up to catch the end of that uh, game, Memphis moves on, so Golden State and Steph Curry out. Don't officially make the playoffs, make the play-in tournament, uh, but unable to get a victory and move on. And then it's a great time to have Jared in and talk just NBA playoffs. That will certainly be an area that we want to delve into with him. Last year on these airwaves, or it wasn't even last year, it was when the bubble was happening, so not quite a year, I asked Jared if there were any teams that he thought, eh, maybe are flying under the radar. His answer, the Miami Heat. And I think he was one of the only people that saw Miami making it as far as they did. They end up winning the uh, Eastern Conference and come away with an opportunity at a title, ultimately fall to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, so we'll have him on to talk uh, Cyclones and Hoops. But I want to get into something that I know a lot of our audience who knows me, knows that I am a hockey guy first and foremost, uh, that I have had an interest in getting into, and that is the NHL playoffs. And I, I have to ask, Justin, uh, to this yes. point, how much... Of the NHL playoffs, have you been able to to keep up with? Would you say you've been watching casually, religiously, somewhere in the middle? And what have been your impressions of the hockey playoffs so far? Well, I haven't been able to watch much, and also I haven't paid close attention. I'm a Sharks fan. Okay. So watching the playoffs, I mean, I don't get to watch a lot of the playoffs being That's a fair. Sharks fan. That's fair. <laughs> I, uh, I am in your... Uh, in the same boat being a Los Angeles Kings fan. Um, but I'll, I'll be honest with you. There have been years where the NHL playoffs 
hasn't moved the the needle as much as it should for me, this is not one of those years. I think that the dynamic of changing up the divisions is really interesting. Mm-hmm. There's also a little bit of a call of a foul in the fact that, let's face it, hockey is Canada's game, and it has been quite some time since Canada's had a team hoist the cup. You'd have to go all the way back uh, to 1993 in the Montreal Canadiens. And the way it's set up, you can't have an all-Canadian Stanley Cup final. In fact, you can't have multiple teams in the last four. Normally, we would call that the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference finals. That's not a thing uh, this year. But it does stack the deck to say, hey, you know one of the last four. One has to, and no more than one of the four remaining teams will be coming out of our neighboring country to the north. And uh, the the uh, I'll, I'll try to fill both Justin and the listening audience in uh, as best I can uh, with what's been going on. There, the big story early on, really before things even got going, was Tom Wilson doing Tom Wilson things. Um, the Washington Capitals uh, forward enforcer, some would say goon, was getting some some pub because there were fans saying, hey, he's getting fined for something that we think with his reputation that shouldn't be that you shouldn't be looking at just a fine you should be looking at suspension not the case well let's now look at the game uh i believe that was game 3 uh between the Colorado Avalanche and the St. Louis Blues and somebody else who has a long history of being on um player reviews and those uh, player safety board meetings and and not because they're checking in saying, hey, you're doing a fantastic job. Keep up the good work. Uh, Nassim Kadri, who the the funny thing about it, and I, I shouldn't say funny, it's it's not in the sense of ha ha funny. It's odd. He always seems to do this stuff in the postseason. Which you would think that's the last time. If, if you've got a score to settle, that should be something that you're doing regular season. You know, when you're still, a, there's a good 25 games left in the regular season. You're, you're not going down the home stretch. And therefore, it's not a situation where there's four or five games left. Theoretically, you could be hit with some sort of suspension that would bleed into the postseason. Kadri, the last time he was suspended, as people pointed out, was two seasons ago, but it was costly. First round of the playoffs when he was a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Maple Leafs fans listening know, well, it had to have been the first round of the playoffs. Toronto hasn't been getting past the first round in what seems like ages. Well, he gets hit with an eight-game suspension, and if you haven't seen it, I will say this. That's probably about right, an eight-game suspension 
given his history in the regular season. I am shocked that the NHL handed out an eight-game suspension, and quite honestly, I'm I'm a little I'm I'm pleased in the sense that they took it seriously. I'm pleased in the fact that they have said, "Okay, you are going to miss the remainder of this series. You are going to miss part of next series." And it's crazy to think he could actually even miss a game of round three if Colorado were to complete the sweep, sweep the second round, which would either be Minnesota or Vegas, and then that eighth game would end up bleeding into the third round. I'm just, I understand the frustration from people who are saying, okay, Tom Wilson gets hit with a fine. I don't think that you can compare the most recent uh, violation by Tom Wilson, aggression, and what Nazem Kadri did. And if you haven't seen it, I certainly suggest you go online. Um, if you you know just Google uh, Nazem Kadri, that's K-A-D-R-I, and Justin Falk, F-A-U-L-K, um, it'll pop up right away. It was one of those plays where... I've heard no Colorado Avalanche fans defend it. And that in in and of itself tells you something. Because in a game with heavy collisions, you will always find a homer who will say, hey, you know, he's, he's playing on the edge. He's playing through another opponent. Yeah, okay, hit him with a penalty. But, and then... They, they try to defend it. I've not heard that out of Colorado Avalanche fans. Again, there are a few of them out here there who are starting to talk out of the side of their mouth and going, eight games in the playoffs, that's a little bit much. The way Colorado's playing right now, I don't think it's going to be a huge factor, but could they very easily get in a nail-biter of a series in round two? Absolutely. St. Louis isn't done. They could come back and, and make a series out of this. In fact, um, when we get to our uh, full send uh, Saturday gambling uh, picks, I don't have St. Louis as my full send. I, I, I'm, I'm not that crazy to bet the bank on them. But I think there's good value in saying I think that St. Louis does get a win in the series and staves off elimination. But I think that Colorado, unfortunately for a lot of people listening who are Wild fans, I think most likely their second-round opponent's going to be the Vegas Golden Knights, a team that always seems to be there in their existence. It's a short sample size, but in now their fourth year, they're, they're always right there. In fact, after that first-year run that they that came out of nowhere, they, I thought, were poised to make... I, I thought they were better poised in year two, and then a lot of controversy that happened in game seven with the hit on Pavelski against San Jose, and all of a sudden, they're eliminated. Last year, they looked great in the bubble. It could only be one champion, and it ended up 
that they they couldn't get past Dallas. But I, I think that the Colorado Avalanche, I said before the playoffs started, I like to reevaluate my picks. I don't just blindly say, hey, this is what I thought a week ago or, or a month ago and I'm sticking with it. But I said I thought the Colorado Avalanche were my pick for the 2021 Stanley Cup champions. This doesn't derail it, but I'm really interested to see how Colorado responds with Kadri out. I'm really interested in seeing how St. Louis responds because you're talking about a team that right now is down three games to none. And in addition to that, they might be saying, if we're headed out the door after that cheap shot that Kadri threw on Falk, let's take somebody with us. And as we'll get into in our, our next uh, breakdown of the, the playoffs, Man, hockey's got a culture that you you gotta you gotta atone for your sins. You gotta answer for the things that you've done, whether they're truly wrong or not. And I think that all of a sudden, a series that was looking like it wasn't going to be interesting at all, come game four, now all of a sudden there's something on the line. The biggest story right now is the. Injury of Jonathan Tavares, the Toronto Maple Leafs captain. This is another one. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you go check it out. However, it comes with a caveat. It's not uh, a bloody accident. It's not a gory one. Needless to say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring, you know, young kids around to watch it with you. And it can be a little bit tough to watch, but basically, and I broke this down in more depth uh, in the 6 o'clock hour last night on uh, Sports Fanatics. You can go ahead and listen to the podcast. But, man, Tavares gets knocked down in a clean check, and then Corey Perry, who is hauling butt down the ice, trying to back check and defend uh, Perrier, Montreal Canadian, and Tavares, a Maple Leaf. And as Tavares gets up, Perry was heading right his way, ends up kneeing him in the head. And I think the worst part about watching it is not the hit. It's you can just see he is out of it, dazed and confused. The medical staff comes in. The trainers are there trying to check on him, and it, it looks like he's fighting with them. The issue that I have is not, hey, accidents are accidents. There's nothing you can do about that. Where it gets awkward is that Corey Perry at that point, because, you know, old school hockey rules and mentality and a good old boys club has to fight Nick Felino and if you that that might be more interesting of a viewing than the accidental hit Corey Perry basically says I'm your I'm your ragdoll let's 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 drop the gloves I mean you watch in the footage, and before the puck is even dropped, they're chatting. And he's like, yeah, I understand that this is what I have to do. And he has the gloves off, I think, before the the whistle is even blown to restart play. And Felino 
doesn't land anything clean, but he's throwing haymakers. I was going to say left and right, but pretty much just all rights. And Corey Perry, at that point, is participating almost non-consensually in a fight. Like He said, yep, I understand we have to do this, but didn't throw a single jab. And it's understandable because he's like, hey, I don't have a problem with you. You didn't do anything to me. And I also don't have a problem with what you have challenged me with because, as Felino said, hey, that's our captain. We know there was no, you know, it wasn't malicious, but a guy's down. And I just feel like this sport has reached a point in its time, in its history, where we need to say enough of this. It's a pissing contest. It's a tough man's league. And you know what? NHL players, and I've been around AHL players and USHL players with the Des Moines Buccaneers. Trust me, I know they're tough. Everybody in the world knows they're tough. It's not like the world of hockey has, I hate to make this comparison, but football has your kickers and your punters. And sometimes those guys can be some pretty rough and and, and tough dudes. But often they're not. Hockey doesn't have that. Even if you're a finesse player, even if you're a, you know, Marion Gabrick type, you're somebody who doesn't drop the gloves, you're uh, an, an Ange Kopitar who, over the years, people said, hey, he won't get in a fight. He's a small guy and he will get in a scrap. Like that's well documented that hockey players are tough. We have got to stop with this whole, just because an altercation can be made, we need to go ahead and make sure it's had. 2845966 is the phone number. Give us a call. We are talking right now NHL playoffs, but I'm willing to talk NBA playoffs. We've got the PGA championship. Uh, whatever you want to get into, we certainly can. And when we come back, well, no Sean Roberts, but that doesn't mean that we won't keep some consistency we'll come back with your second segment of the morning and that's z's three coming up on saturday morning pregame 1460 cakes and oh now on 106.3 fm it's four by nitsa it's time to kick start the weekend with saturday morning pregame on 1460 am and 106.3 fm this is KXNO. Saturday morning pregame, 1460 KXNO now on 106.3 FM. My name is Eric Zamora. No Sean Roberts this morning. And uh, Justin Miller here with yes. us in studio. And Justin, I appreciate you taking the time. So as I mentioned, mm-hmm. went to bed last night, had a hard time falling asleep, end up... Uh, Using the time, I think, in a productive way, and that was my Twitter feed. Now, I will admit I'm, it's going to look a little bit uh, slanted because I am a Los Angeles Dodgers fan. But, and by the way, um, shout out to all of those uh, faithful Saturday morning pregame uh, listeners who have been giving... Sean Roberts guff over the last uh, several weeks 
for saying, <laughs> hey, we don't need to turn this into an all Chicago White Sox all the time program. I understand that, and I'm not trying to do the same thing with the L.A. Dodgers. But I can tell you right now, in baseball circles, Trevor Bauer is is getting his uh, his I, w- I won't say 15 minutes of fame because this happens. It seems like well, he's every a couple of weeks, villain. He is, and he has admitted that he is a professional wrestling fan. I am not myself, but I Me understand either. the theatrics of it. I get that people like and enjoy a heel, and I expect the fans to fall into that hook, line, and sinker. Like, that's what fans do. Mm-hmm. They they read into every little thing is, it's an insult, it's a slap in the face, how dare you. I get players buying into it a little bit, you know, like, especially in a rivalry, but man, Trevor Bauer right now is trolling broadcasters, and we're going to take a uh, a look at several audio clips. Um, but what I mean by this is we're going to play a clip here, and this is when Trevor Bauer is coming up to bat. However, he was supposed to be up. I don't know if there was a situation where I think the the issue was Dave Roberts was thinking about taking him out of the game. NL pitcher, he has to bat. They were thinking it's a it's a it's a close game. He was he was getting up there in pitch count, mm-hmm. and so Bauer was kind of I think fighting for his ability to stay in the game. He came out late onto I mean he wasn't even in the on deck circle. He was up. And this is how uh, one of the broadcasters, uh, the play-by-play and color commentator, sounded as they were put off by his delay. Start to that double play. Walk DJ Peters to get to Trevor Bauer. But where's Trevor Bauer? I'll tell you, John, he's a good villain. You take that long to get on the field as a hitter, it should be 0-2 when you get to the batter's box. I agree. So I, I love the little dig there. Is it's basically like, hey, buddy, we're not here on your time. You're here yeah. on our time. And again, w- we we saw that throughout the broadcast. Later that that at bat, he ends up grounding out to the right fielder. I he, know. I watched it. I'm like, dude, didn't even try to run to first base. I, he did, but it, first of all, you're, you're the the defense there is set up where it was a it was a great play by Yaz, and mm-hmm. they're playing shallow because pitchers at at bat he's he's no Otani, but then you could hear that like the broadcasters were kind of giving it to him like oh yeah Mister needs forever to come to the plate and he gets thrown out at first the one run that San Francisco scored in the 2-1 loss to the Dodgers, that actually came off an error. Ball was hit back to Bauer, goes off of his glove, and then he makes a throwing error to first, and the delight you could hear in the broadcaster's voice. Again, I get that fans are going to buy into it, but you've got professionals. Like, if I'm calling a Bucks game, and... The Bucks just dump the puck in from like center ice, 
and yeah. he takes an odd bounce and goes in. Yeah, I'm excited, and it's, you know, and and Jones scores, you know, but I'm not sitting there going, oh, boy, yeah, goaltender, oh, he wants to have that one back. It was like they were needling him, and I'm sitting there going, this is a Major League Baseball broadcast, right? Like, But I'm loving it as a Dodgers fan because there's something special when a baseball player is getting in the head of the broadcasters. I thought that was delightful to to hear, and it was it it, it just again you talked about Bauer knowing his role, mm-hmm. knowing how to be a villain, and quite honestly, there was a huge debate on Twitter last night: Is this good for the game? Is this bad for the game? How can it not be good? Major League Baseball is your grandpa's sport. Major League Baseball is the sport where, despite the fact that unlike in football and in hockey, where they've always got helmets on and it's hard to see their face, you can see the the player's face the whole time. And yet, we have a hard time finding true superstars, and it's because so many of them are in this old school 1960s Ken Burns baseball documentary mindset. In a sport where if you flip your bat or you swing at a 3-0 pitch, you might get thrown at. Bauer says, no, no, no. We're, we're, We're doing this for the kids. We're doing this for the gram. We're doing this so that people will come in, will watch, and more importantly... The young kids will come in because the, the the fans right now might not be around in 20 to 30 years. And the uh, next bit is really where this, this story goes off the rails. So this was a road game for the Dodgers. They're in San Francisco. And this is what it sounded like when Trevor Bauer, who came back and got the first out of the seventh inning, this is what it sounded like. When he left the field, Trevor Bauer six and a third, 126 pitches, the most thrown in a big league game this year. He leaves with a 2-1 lead. <laughs> Paying homage to Tommy Lasorda as he heads back into the dugout in his first Dodger-Giant rivalry game. So, very pro wrestling esque. Bauer hits him on a, a couple of strides off the mound with the cupped ear or a cupped hand to the ear, and then later even raised both of his hands up. The broadcaster did make mention to Tommy Lasorda, and I listened to the full uh, post-game press conference. He was asked about it, and he said, that must have been a coincidence. I'll be honest, it wasn't an homage to Lasorda. Just felt like doing it. Uh, I, I didn't know that Tommy Lasorda had, at one point, not only put his hands up in the air in San Francisco, but even... Blown the Giants fans a kiss. <laughs> now, that's let's, something Bauer will do. Yes. Now let's get into. Here are a couple of questions and answers from Trevor Bauer in the post game press conference. This is stuff you've got to love if you're a Major League Baseball fan. The wrestling maneuver there on the way off off the mound, the cupping of the ear and raising your hands. Was that just in the moment? What what uh, brought that on? Uh, you know, fans wanted to boo me, so I wanted them to turn the volume up. Like, if you're going to boo me, then don't – I can't say that. Don't half, you know, whatever, it, on the mound or on the stadium. Just give it to me. Some guys might shy away from it, but do you kind of enjoy just that energy in an opposing ballpark? Yeah, I mean, they're going to hate me anyway, you know. 
So might as well lean into it. Um, I like when the crowd's into it. Makes the moment feel bigger, and I perform better in those moments. So, just feeds me. You know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Reggie Miller, like the Spike yeah. Lee. Yeah, yeah. The '90s. He's gonna do the choke. He's and gonna... and he'll get up in your face. Like yeah. like the difference is in the NBA. You can be that close. Yes. But if can't think of any like okay, so let's put it this way. So San Francisco is close enough to Silicon Valley. Let's say there were like some Silicon Valley execs, you know, Mm -hmm. big dogs. Let's say Elon Musk was a Giants fan, a huge Giants fan, and he's sitting the equivalency of courtside if they were that close. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Trevor Bauer would be... Trevor Bauer would be apologizing to Elon Musk because he walked off going, hey, buddy, sorry to ruin your night. Like, <laughs> like they'd be having conversations. And what's funny is he also will do the sword celebration where he sheaths the sword after a, a, a big yep, strikeout. Yep. Again, one of the broadcasters last night called it weak. Now, is it the greatest celebration? No. But for you to get like that riled up by it, it's almost like Trevor Bauer can go, man, I got in the fans' heads. That was easy. I've gotten some opposing players' heads. No problem. But I've gotten in some of the broadcasters' heads. It reminds me of the most fun I've ever had and gotten paid. And I've been saying that phrase for a long time. Should probably change that to, to this show because it, it really truly has been a blast. Uh, and, uh, I, I, this is the reason that I got into radio a decade ago. But I used to be a public address announcer for a junior hockey team up in the Twin Cities. Not a very good league. There's like one guy that I know of that made it out of that league, eventually to the USHL, played in Sioux City, and now uh, is playing in the NHL. But I used to do my goal call was very similar to the college that I went to, and it has kind of a Ric Flair woo at the end of it. Okay. So let's say, you know, I'm doing it and, it, and it's a, you know, scoring for the Edina Lakers, number 17, Ross Peterson, assist to Chris Williams. That's a Lakers goal, Peterson from Williams. Woo! Well, the opposing players, apparently, they could hear it. They got to the point, and it wasn't even one team. It was multiple teams Okay, that when they scored a goal, and of course then you know the building's not as loud and so it's easier to hear stuff, as they did the bench flyby and were given the high five, they mockingly did the Ric Flair call. And I, a couple of times they even kind of looked my way because I'm in the scorer's area, which is in between the penalty boxes, which is in between the benches. So I'm right there. And the funny thing about it was I didn't give a crap about that game. Like, obviously, I'm cheering for the home team. They're paying me. But I didn't have any allegiance to the team. My night did not at all get affected by whether that team won or lost. But it was amazing to me that these kids were like, yeah, suck on that PA announcer. And I'm like, I'm in your head because you are thinking about last time you guys gave one up and you took a minus one on the plus minus, and that's on your mind right now. 
And the fact that Trevor Bauer, again, 284-5966, call me if I'm crazy. Call me if you're like, no, I hate Trevor Bauer. Guy's a jerk. But I think that he takes it as good as he gives it. Like earlier in the week when we had that whole controversy between the White Sox and the Twins and people yep. were saying Tony La Russa is old as dirt. Here's what Trevor Bauer, who, by the way, Bauer Outage is his Twitter handle. And even if you don't like the guy, he's a good follow. Here's what he tweeted. Dear hitters, if you hit a 3-0 homer off me, I will not consider it a crime. Dear people who are still mad about a hitter hitting, kindly get out of the game. Can't believe we're still talking about 3-0 swings. If you don't like it, managers or pitchers, just be better. That's not the response that a pitcher is supposed to have. And quite honestly, I don't know that he's specifically addressed this, but he does some of the... He he cupped his his hand to his ear. Mm -hmm. He does the sword. I can't imagine that he's not on board with... Hey, you want a bat flip? Cool. Means that I left one over the plate. That 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 breaking ball didn't break as much as I wanted to. All right. But he's not the guy that's going to throw at somebody because he's like, man, we're out here playing a game, and it's supposed to be fun, and I'm having fun. And you know how you know he's having fun? Last three words of his press conference. Reigning, defending, undisputed. Reigning, Defending undisputed. We don't have mics here in the studio that I can physically drop. That's what Trevor Bauer did. Okay, and but he wasn't part of that team that won. That is exactly what I first thought. Because I'm like, wait a minute, wait a like, minute, wait a minute. Then I could say that. I could be like, yeah, man, part of the Dodgers, reigning, defending, undisputed. That's what I, I thought no at first. I'm like, how do you claim, like, David Price didn't play for the Dodgers last year, but he was on the team. Trevor Bauer was a Cincinnati Red. I believe he's referring to being reigning, defending, undisputed Cy Young Award winner. I have not seen any clarification as to what he was referring to specifically, but I okay. have to imagine that that's what he was referring to. Okay, that makes more sense. That makes that calms the waters a little. Because when I first heard it, I was like, okay, you can't do that. And, and again, ruffling feathers. How about this? Long time, uh, I was going to say Angel, and then I was trying to figure out, he was probably there when they were... Los Angeles and Anaheim and Anaheim of Southern California and longtime Angel, one-time Padre Jared Weaver sent something out on Twitter that caught my eye. 126 pitches in six and a third innings and your hand is to your ear. Then he had three of the, you know, crying face, laughing emojis. Do you, bud? What kind of a flex is that? Oh, the guy? Yeah. He didn't have the most efficient night ever. Yeah, 126 pitches. I think on one of the broadcasts they said that's the most uh, so far this season. Yeah, and and for him, that is a career high. But for, for Jared Weaver to come out from underneath a rock and call out the guy and say, Hey, man, what uh, what are you doing? You only went six and a third innings. Yeah, but he had no earned runs, one run, that's what matters, and his team got the dub against a rival on the road. 
one of the hottest teams in baseball, and it cut, like, right now, the NL West is ridiculously good. Like, the, the Giants are 7-3 and three in their last 10. They're the worst yeah, among the no top one, three teams. No one thought the Giants were going to be as good as they are so far. Andrew Downs might have. He is not only a San Francisco Giants fan, but he is an optimistic Giants fan. He might have thought that was the case. But you're right. Nobody else saw this coming. And right now you've got a slugfest. So yeah, Jared Weaver, who, by the way, last time he was in a Major League Baseball uniform, was for that Padres team who now is, you know, has caught up to the, the Giants. Giants, like I said, seven and three in the last 10. Dodgers and Padres, nine and one in the last 10. This is going to be a fun, fun summer. If you are a West Coast guy and you're willing to stay up late because when these three teams start up, there was also a little bit of a dig in there when Dave Roberts was talking about yeah, it was really nice. You know, we, we had a, a rivalry game. We haven't had one of those in a long time. Uh, you've played the Padres like and those seven times. Close games. Those have been great games. So that was a little bit interesting. Uh, Justin, I apologize because I'm not able to right now uh, see what we've got up on the screener. Uh, but it sounds like uh, Tony wants to check in. And does Tony want to uh, talk to Trevor Bauer? Excellent. Let's go ahead and bring him into the program. Uh, Tony, you are on the air. Thanks for uh, listening to Saturday Morning Pregame. What do you want to bring to the program? Well, I just was going to comment. You know, first of all, I'm a longtime San Francisco Giant fan. Okay. And there's not too many Giant fans in the state of Iowa. But regarding Trevor Brower, you know, the game needs some excitement. I don't know if you guys remember pitchers like Mark Fridrich, even Turk Wendell. Yeah. John the Count, Montefusco. I mean, these guys were ornery, and they created a lot of excitement, and they had a lot of antics that they did on the field. So, personally, I, I like to see the the antics like Trevor Bauer, as long as it doesn't get out of hand, right? Um, you know, but but I just think the game needs it. You know, baseball is kind of dying in a lot of ways, and uh, so whatever we can do to kind of get people watching it, you know, these guys are entertainers. I mean, and. Uh, we want entertained. So, kind of how I look at Trevor Bauer. Yeah. So, Tony, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you said you're a Giants fan. So, specifically with last night, the the sheathing of the sword and putting cupping the the hand to the ear, you're saying that that that's not going too far. You're okay with it. If it keeps progressing, maybe you change your stance. But as of this point, you're all right with it. Yeah, I'm fine with it. You know, I just think that, uh, it, you know, l- l- listen to us right now. We're all talking about it. Yeah. You know what? Th- that creates excitement for the game. And, and like I said, as long as it doesn't get crazy. But, you know, to ba- baseball to a lot of people is like watching grass grow. Mm-hmm. And personally, I love the game. But to me, and of course, being a Giants fan, I love anything that creates a little excitement versus the Dodgers. And, um, so I don't know. I, I, it didn't bother me at all, and uh, I just thought I would share that with you. I appreciate that, Tony, and I'd imagine that you're probably in a similar spot with Bauer as you are with a guy like Tatis Jr. He plays for a rival. He plays in the division, but to this point, yeah, 
He'll get some antics, but at least people in Iowa and across the country are talking about baseball when you're right. There are so many people who almost view it in the same light as golf, as like, it's a little bit too long, and yeah, maybe I'll pay attention to golf late Sunday or baseball in October, but outside of that, you you need to have these guys who are willing to say, cheer for me, root against me, boo me. I just want to make sure that somebody's watching this great game. Yeah, I think that's really the point. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's, again, as long as it, it doesn't get crazy. Uh, but uh, I think the game could use a little excitement, a little orneriness. Tony, I appreciate uh, you checking in. Thanks for calling. That's a great call. And quite honestly, he's right. I am a guy who I love the game of baseball, but I know a lot of people who are like, it doesn't move the needle for me. I think a big part of it had to do with the fact that I got into the sport when I was young. It was impressionable to me. And I think part of the reason I really got into it, to be 100% honest, was as a kid, loved trading baseball cards. And, 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 and that started to suck me in. And I'm a, a guy who I'm good at math. I don't love math, but I like statistics. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got into all that type of stuff. And that helped hook me. But you know what? I'm 38. What does a 15-year-old feel about that? And baseball cards aren't the same anymore because it used to be something for kids. Now, for the most part, sports cards are for adults. So you know what? I, I That was a great call, Tony. I, I'm glad that somebody else sees Bauer in the way that I admit I've got, you know, blue colored glasses and Z's three got through one item we'll uh, come back and we'll wrap up Z's three Joe Stacy joining us at the top of the nine o'clock hour you're you're listening to Saturday morning pregame on 1460 KXNO now on 106.3 FM listen to podcasts it's time to kickstart the weekend with Saturday morning pregame on 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. These three is going to have to be broken up into three different segments. We've got uh, just a little bit of time here before we close things up in the first hour in the books. Uh, talked NHL playoffs and uh, Trevor Bauer uh, making friends and enemies across the uh Major League Baseball scene and welcomed himself to the Los Angeles San Francisco rivalry last night. Did you happen to see uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. get dragged back to his own dugout last night? No. So, did not. The Braves are up 19 to 1, and manager Brian Snitker noticed something a little peculiar about Acuna Jr. He was wearing the wrong sided batting helmet. In a 19-1 game, Acuna Jr. was like, "He's going to pull Javi Baez." I'm going to see if I can bat left-handed. He's he, he's he's not a switch hitter. And what I found funny about this, less than a week after somebody put it out and said, "Hey, don't let Tony Larusa see this," <laughs> because that's that's where we're at right now. You can't go out there and bat the wrong hand because. That's going to upset somebody. But 
if he goes out there and swings at the wrong pitch at the wrong count, and if he doesn't take it easy on them, well, then that's going to upset somebody. So it's like, man, you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. I'm glad that he didn't end up doing that, but I thought that was funny and just a point that and baseball's got too many unwritten rules. Joe Stacy, the Iowa Barnstormers, up next. This is Saturday morning pregame on KXNL.